Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Awesome. Hey, why don't you turn to the person next to you and give them a high five. Tell them they're looking really great this morning while I just gather my thoughts and we get the PowerPoint up on the screen. That'll be awesome. I heard a fun fact during the week. Did you guys know that um, Australia's number one export is boomerangs? It's also the number one import. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I have uh, the privilege of sharing about fasting this morning, which I know for a lot of you are like, ah, oh, this is like you know, being told to suck eggs, but it's not, it's worse, because you can't suck anything. Right? This is sucking eggs is better than fasting. When I am fasting, I think I'd give my right arm to just be able to suck eggs right now. So uh, we're going to start our church fast next Sunday, Sunday the 22nd of August, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Uh, there's just three questions that I want to answer this morning. Uh, who wasn't here when we did our last church fast in September last year? Just raise your hands nice and high. That's a lot. Okay, that's awesome. All right, so those that were here last year, you'll remember I talked about something very similar to this. I think it's important that if you're going to you know, look at fasting, that we spend at least a week or two teaching uh, on fasting. And there's a lot of you in the room, maybe I think a third uh, that weren't here this time last year anyway. So there's three questions that I want to teach on this morning. Uh, number one is, what is biblical fasting? Uh, and I'll talk about the distinction between biblical fasting and just regular fasting in a minute. The second question is, what does the Bible say about fasting? We'll answer that one. And then the third question is, why do we fast? And hopefully by the end of this morning, you'll have a good understanding of what a biblical fast is, what the Bible says about fasting, and why we do it. And then I'll give you a week to go away and talk to God about what He's asking you personally to do. Is that cool? All right, so the first question is a nice short one. What is biblical fasting? And again, we're making a distinction between regular fasting and biblical fasting because regular fasting is actually a very popular thing, right? There's a lot of different religions that practice fasting, but it's also extremely popular just in um, you know, everyday life. I've got a lot of friends who aren't Christians that fast a lot more than any of my Christian friends. And the reason they do it is because there's just a massive amount of research and science that has proven over and over again that there are extraordinary amounts of health benefits that come with giving your body a break every now and again. Right now, I've heard some weird things. I've got some friends, and I, I came across a Facebook post the other day, and they were talking about fasting. They call it fasting, or they call it cleansing. And one of them said, look, the reason I fast is because every day I fast removes a year of sin from my life. I thought, wow, that's interesting. This is not a Christian person. This is not someone that goes to church. I'm like, where is your concept of sin come from? And then fasting, getting rid of it, that's very interesting. But they fast. I've got another friend who's just, um, he's got like a, a team of people, like a group of followers. He's an influencer. And he's just jumped on social media and he's like, right, I'm about to do a 10-day cleanse. Who's with me? And there's all these people that have commented, and said, I'll do a 10-day cleanse with you. And I'm like, man. If I jumped up and said, all right, church, I'm going to do a 10-day cleanse. Who's with me? You guys would all be like, you know. So, and so that, that, they see enough of a benefit just in the health side of things. Uh, and so when we talk about fasting, I want to be clear. I'm talking about biblical fasting. And so biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. 
right? And that is the big difference between a biblical fast and just a cleanse, and that is that there is a spiritual purpose that comes with a biblical fast. The other thing I want to be clear about is that it is refraining from food. Ah, I think I might have mentioned this last year, but I'm a bit of a stickler for if you're going to fast, don't be a wimp, right? I, I just, you, you can have your own opinion on this. And one of the things that I've said many times from the front is that uh, we don't always have to agree on everything. That's okay. We can still be friends, all right? So you can listen to this. You can go home and you can go, I don't, I'm not on the same page with Josh on that. That's fine. But look, I have read through, not the whole Bible, but I've done a lot of studying on fasts and biblical fasts. And I had a really sort of look through. I couldn't find anywhere in the Bible where they fasted Netflix. This is not in there. Right? I did a word search for Netflix. It wasn't in there at all. Uh, you know, I did a search for like, maybe they just fasted coffee. I couldn't find that in there either. You, know, you cannot get away from the fact that when the Bible talks about fasting, it's talking about food. Right? It is talking about food. And the hilarious thing is when you talk to Christians, and some of you will think, oh, he's talking about me because we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with every single person. I have been on the other side of this conversation. But the number of times that you talk to a person about fasting and they go, oh, you know, I tried that, but my body just can't do it. It's like there's something, something off about my, it's like my metabolism is like so fast like I tried to do a fast and, and I got headaches and, and I started to feel dizzy and I realized like, whoa, it's clearly that's just, I can't do fasts, which is hilarious to me, right? Because that's like every single person experiences those symptoms. Imagine if I came to you and I said, hey, I need to lose a little bit of weight, got to get healthy. I've joined a gym and I've decided to go and, and go to the gym. And I come back next Sunday and you say, hey, how was the gym? And I go, oh, Andrew, it was awful. I got on the treadmill and five minutes into it, I could hardly breathe, right? I was gasping for breath. I had this pain in my side. I had to get off. I don't know what it is about my body, but it can't exercise. It's like, you know, I tried and it just shut down. And then I did some weights and I thought that was kind of okay. And then I got up the next morning, I could hardly move. It's my metabolism or something. It's just like, I can't. it's like, no, all of those symptoms that you're experiencing are not your body telling you your body's not built for exercise. It is your body telling you you have not done this in a long time and you have not got any you know, resilience in this space or training in this space. You've got to push through it. So I'm a really big stickler for like, we're all adults in this room, right? We can do this. Now, maybe if you're an elite athlete, and you're eating six meals a day, and most of it's boiled chicken and cabbages, and you've got this massive calorie intake, you're doing this huge amount of work, then maybe I would say to you, okay, you need to just be smart about how you do this. But we're not talking about a 40-day fast, right? This is seven days, and I'm super relaxed about what you do within those seven days. But here is my, my challenge to you this morning, is just do food, Right, because there is something significant about fasting food. Well, the Bible constantly talks about the fact that we're in this battle between our spirit and our body, our spirit and our flesh. When the enemy tempted Eve, what did he use to tempt her with? Food. 
right? Uh, Esau is widely considered by the Jewish um, rabbis to be the most despised person in the Bible. They despise Esau because he despised his birthright. He literally um, voided his entire inheritance because he wanted what? A bowl of stew. We see this time and time again in the Bible where our bodies have to wrestle against our spirit and our spirit has to wrestle against our body. Now, I don't have an issue at all with someone going, I'm going to fast media. I'm not, you know, get off Facebook, get off it. Like, that's brilliant, do it, right? And what that does is it creates space in your life to focus on God. I'm not gonna watch the news for two weeks. Create space in your life to focus on God. I'm not gonna watch Netflix. Create space in your life to focus on God. That is all good stuff. But when you fast food, you create space in your life to focus on God. At the same time, though, you are pushing down your body and you're elevating your spirit. Right, And so a uh, food fast is always going to be more effective than just uh, a media fast. Now, again, I'm not saying don't do those things. They're great. The big takeaway from this point is don't wimp out. Right? You don't have to do seven days. If you've never fasted in your life before, do a day. Right? You, you, can, you can do it. I believe in you. If you've done a day before, shoot for two. If you've never done a three-day fast, go for three days. Like, it's doable, right? Now, my kids have fasted an entire day, right? Five, like, just work out with God what you're going to do. But I challenge you, go for food, right? Just, just, there's something about it. And when you read through the Bible, it is always food. It is always food. It is always food. You've got the Daniel fast, which is one exception in there, but that's still food. And people go, I'm going to do a Daniel fast. I'm going to cut out chocolate. That's not a Daniel fast, Right? I'm doing a choice food fast. I'm cutting out chocolate and sweets. No, Daniel ate freaking nothing, right? Like he had boiled vegetables and maybe rice, depending on who you talk to. No meat, no bread, none of the good stuff. No dairy, exactly. That's right. No, no what? No sugar, right? No, no fun, no taste, right? So that's, that's a separate thing. I'm just saying, this is my takeaway, you got it? Give it a go. You can do it. I believe in you. All right? You talk to God about what it looks like. And I would also say, if you're going to fast, do a media fast at the same time. Like it's, it's, this is one week. How many weeks are there in a year? 52. Thank you, Kira. So we are talking about literally less than 2% of your year. All right? This is what we as a church, we're asking us to get on board with less than, I'm going to give you over 98% of your year to eat what you want, watch what you want, that's fine. But for less than 2%, can we come together and go, look, we're gonna push into God. We're gonna sacrifice in this area. And for seven days, we're gonna do it together. That's what I'm saying, right? A biblical fast, can't get away from it. It is food and it sucks. Let's just, let's just be honest about that as well, right? Uh, I, I know, because it happens every time I ever do a fast, the first three days, I am grumpy, I am irritable, I don't sleep properly, my kids are horrible, my wife's an ogre. Like it's just weird how it all happens on the first three days. I get headaches, I feel dizzy, I get faint. So I try and be smart and make sure I don't do anything too ridiculous in that period of time. If I go to the gym, which I have not been doing much lately, I'll scale that back a little bit. Might even say, you know, I'm gonna take a week off from going to the gym, uh, you know, this is more important. But if you experience any kind of physical symptoms, you're like, oh, I've got a headache. Like, this must not, no, everybody gets that, right? Just drink more water or drink some concrete. Like, toughen up, buttercup. All right, 
So food, we'll talk more about, I'll give you some practical advice next Sunday, right, around how to actually do this kind of stuff. But um, one of the things that I decided to do at the start of this year, and I think I shared it from the front, I said, I'm going to fast one day a week for the whole year. Remember me saying that a long time ago? I haven't really mentioned it since, but I have done that one day. So I get up in the morning, no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner, go to bed. So the whole day, no food. One day a week, every week this year. So I've done it like 30 two times, I think, which to me, I'm like, that's like a whole month that I haven't eaten. I expected to be a lot skinnier than I am. I feel ripped off by it, right? But it's every time I do it, and it's one day, every time I do it, I hate it. And if I know that I've got one coming up, I've looked at my calendar and gone, okay, this week, because I move it around. This week, Wednesday's probably the best day to do it. Tuesday night, I go to bed. I'm sad. I'm not even joking. I'm like, what is even the point in getting up tomorrow? Right, and I see it on my calendar coming. It is hard, right? Every now and again, I meet someone and they're like, oh, fasting is easy, and I hate that person. Okay, so biblical fasting, food, can't get away from it. What does the Bible say about fasting? I'm gonna bang through this really quick because I wanna just show you what the Bible says about fasting. It is not a new age thing, right? This is a biblical principle. We know that Jesus fasted. It was led by the Spirit into the wilderness after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. This verse right here should be enough for you to fast, right? We are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called to live our life the way that he lived his life. We're called to do what he did, think how he thought, say what he said. If the Bible says Jesus did this, this should be enough for every one of us to go, I'm going to do that too. Right there. But I've got more verses. We know that Jesus fasted. We know that Jesus expected others to fast. He preached on fasting. He said, when you fast, this is how you do it. He didn't say, hey, you guys have been fasting for the last however many thousands of years. You don't have to do it anymore. Fasting's ended. I'm here. New Testament. Don't worry about it. Never says that. He just says, when you fast, this is how you do it. So we know that Jesus expected people to fast. We know that the apostles fasted. A lot of words on the screen, but it basically says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, blah, 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 blah. So we know that the apostles fasted. We know that Paul and Barnabas fasted. Again, here it says they were with the elders and they were praying and fasting. So we know that the early church fasted. We know that it was a critical part of the Jewish faith. I could point out any number of famous people in the Bible that the Bible says fasted. We know that Moses fasted. In Exodus 34, he goes up to the mountain and he fasted for 40 days and he wrote down the Ten Commandments. The Bible also says he fasted water. That's what we call a supernatural fast because you can survive, you might not think you can, but you can survive 40 days without food. You can't survive 40 days without water. That's impossible, right? So that's what's called a supernatural fast. God sustained Moses in that space. That's not what we're going to be doing uh, for seven days. We know that Esther fasted, right? The Bible tells a story about Haman coming up with this brilliant plan and sneaking a law sort of subtly under the radar in Persia where they ended up passing a law kind of by mistake that on this one day, anyone in Persia was allowed to kill Jews for free. Like no, no ramifications, no criminal you know, ramifications. If you find a Jew on this day, you can just chop their head off and you're not going to get charged with murder or nothing. And so Esther, who is a Jew, finds out about this and goes, this is not a good idea. 
And so the Bible tells us that she fasted. She asked all of the Jewish people to fasted, and even her handmaidens and her servants fasted. So we know Esther fasted. We know that David fasted. Uh, there's so many Psalms in the Bible where David talks about fasting. Here's just one. He says, I chastened my soul with fasting. We know that Daniel fasted. We know that Israel often fasted. In Jeremiah 36, God says to Jeremiah, I want you to take this word that I've given you, and I want you to go to the house of the Lord on a day of fasting. It is all through the Bible. You cannot read the Bible and come away with any other idea around fasting other than they all did it. It was just a part of the way that they practiced their spiritual walk. I love some of these quotes that I've chucked in here as well. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he says, Jesus takes it for granted that his disciples will observe the pious custom of fasting. Strict exercise of self-control is an essential feature of the Christian life. And that is in his book, The Cost of Discipleship. I didn't realize until today that his name is literally Diet Rich, which I thought was ironic, you know, a quote about fasting. (laughs) <laughs> so I am now going to call him Diet Rich Bonhoeffer, just so you guys know. Look at this quote from Wesley Jewell, who was a 20th century writer. He says, you and I have no more right to omit fasting because we feel no special emotional prompting than we have a right to omit prayer, Bible reading, or assembling with God's children for lack of some special emotional prompting. Fasting is just as biblical and normal a part of a spiritual walk of obedience with God, as are all of these other things, right? We wouldn't think for a second, oh, I'm just, I'm just not going to pray for a year. I'm just, I'm just not, not going to go to church for, I'm just going to stop reading my Bible. He says, hey, fasting is on a par with all of these things. Uh, and then I love the quote from John Piper. Is a bit of a challenge for us. The absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ, Ugh. Feeling pretty good about my one day a week now, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> so the Bible tells us, look, fasting is a big deal. We've got to do it. Um, so why do we fast? I'm going to give you five reasons, and then, and then we're done. And you can have a chat. With, I might even give you a couple of minutes at the end to just mull this over and talk with some people about whether you agreed with that or not. And again, it's up to you. So why do we fast? Five things. Number one, and this is, I wanna be really clear about this. This is super important. And I have, I think in the past, you know, when I was a young Christian, um, maybe got this wrong a little bit, but fasting is never about moving God. It is always about moving us. If, if you fall into the trap of thinking, I'm gonna fast and that's gonna make God do something, uh, then you've got an issue. Because that gets in, it's just essentially a hunger strike. That's just a kid who's refusing to eat until dad does what he wants or does what she wants. That's not how God works. If you've got this idea that God has a breakthrough for you and, and he's just not giving it to you because you haven't impressed him enough or you haven't earned it enough or you haven't worked it enough, uh, then that's not a healthy place to be. But when we understand that fasting is about moving us. I was down here this morning and it was cold and I turned the heater on and I turned the fans on and I was walking around. I was like, ah, oh, man, it is cold here and I'm praying and it's cold and then I walked past here and I was like oh hot spot and it was the fan pushing the hot air down right now the truth is that the heater was on the whole time the fan was on the whole time that hot spot was there the whole time but it took me to step into it to recognize oh I can I can receive all this heat now because I'm standing 
where I need to be standing. And that's what fasting kind of does for us. It's not that God all of a sudden turns the heater on or turns the fan on. It's on the whole time. What fasting does is it moves us into that space. Does that make sense? Like kind of imagine, this is a weird picture, but imagine if your spirit had legs. Like my body has legs. And so if I want to get from here to there, I just use these suckers to walk all the way over, right? If your spirit has legs, how do you move your spirit? Fasting is one of the ways that your spirit moves, if that makes sense, all right? So when we fast, all these different things that we're doing, it is about what is happening inside of us. It is about what is changing uh, in our life. It is about moving us. So number one, fasting and prayer resets and refocuses us on Jesus. This is, it's kind of a nuclear solution because there's lots of different things that you can do to refocus and reset your mind on, on God. But fasting is like just a, it's just a nuke to that sucker. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency in my life to drift. Like it's, we all, we're focused on Jesus, we're going after Jesus, and then life happens, stuff happens, and, and you lose focus a little bit, and you kind of fall into this drifting space and maybe it's just me, but I never drift towards God. When life gets busy and hectic and stuff is happening and I'm not as focused or as intentional about connecting with God as I need to be and I start to drift, I never get up one morning and go, man, I've just drifted so much closer to God. I always drift away, which sucks. One of the things that fasting one day a week has forced me to do is just every week go, okay, so I, I only drift like a week at the most, and then I'm, okay, right, yes, I'm doing this. Right, so fasting and prayer, it, it helps us to refocus and uh, resets us on Jesus. And that's why I say if you're going to fast, you want to try and, where possible, for that week, minimize as many distractions as you can. Right, minimize the Netflix, minimize the news, minimize all the other bits and pieces that will distract you during the week and just go, I'm going to refocus and reset again uh, on God. That's what fasting does. Number two, fasting is a biblical way to humble ourselves before God. David says this in Psalms. He says, when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and I humbled myself with fasting. You know, we've been talking this year about humility and about how humility is the key to everything. It is the key that unlocks the door. We start with humility. Fasting is an incredible way to humble ourselves. And we see this again model all throughout the Bible. We saw it when Jonah went out to the Ninevites and he says, hey, you guys are being dorks. You need to stop being dorks. And the king of Nineveh, it says that they humbled themselves and they fasted and they basically said, look, we're so sorry, right? So fasting is a fantastic way to humble ourselves um, before God, which is the key to unlocking so much of what God has for us in our life. Number three, it helps us recognize, along with the Holy Spirit, our true spiritual condition, which paves the way for repentance and transformation. We are often very unaware of where we are at spiritually. Very often, we don't have a handle on, on where we're at. We don't know what the areas are in our life that we need to work on. We're not aware of where the blockages are. We're not aware of where our faulty thinking is. We're not aware of how we're misconstruing uh, God or we've got poor uh, perception of who God. We're just not aware of that stuff. Again, life gets in the way. When you fast, what it does is it highlights to us the areas in our life that maybe need to be adjusted. It gives us clarity around where we are at. And then if we respond appropriately, 
uh, with the Holy Spirit, then it brings us to a place of repentance, which is just going, man, I have, I've been doing that wrong. I've been handling that wrong. And then transformation. So fasting is an incredibly important way of just stepping back and going, okay, you know, we're, you've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's what Paul says in a slightly different way. He says, examine yourself. Make sure you're still in the faith. There's a lot to be gained. Even now and again, don't overdo it. But even now and again, just stepping back and go, where am I at? You know, just do a measuring thing. How am I going with this kind of stuff? Where's my Bible reading going? How is my, you know, how am I feeling about life? When I go to church, am I excited about going to church? Or am I not? You know, I had a, a, a thing the other day. And it's like you try and catch yourself when these thoughts happen. Right, where, where I was at home and it was my birthday. It was my birthday, just FYI. Uh, on, on Wednesday, it was my birthday. And, and Liz and the girls had gone out to ballet and I was home with Harrison by himself and I was doing a little bit of work and Harrison said to me, hey, can I go play at Judah's house next door? And I said, yeah, let's go do that. So he went off and he played. They came running back, the two of them, because we had borrowed uh, their PlayStation controllers to play some PlayStation as a family. And Harrison came running in and he said, oh, hey, Auntie Ro needs the controllers back. And I said, oh, yeah, that's fine. So I gave them to him and off they went. And about half an hour later, I'm just thinking about the fact that it's my birthday and I'm at home by myself and everyone's out. And this thought pops into my head, I bet you Harrison's playing PlayStation next door. I bet you Ro didn't even want those controllers. I bet you he just came back and they're playing freaking Minecraft at, at the cousin's house next door. Why would he lie to me about that? Oh. I bet you he thought that if he came back and said, hey, Dad, can we have the controllers so we can play Minecraft? I would have said no. Flippin' Rotter's told a porky. Let's try to blame it on Rowanna. And so he comes home, and I'm a bit wound up. And I said, what have you been doing? He said, playing. I went, mm-hmm, I knew it. What have you been playing? He said, I've been kicking the ball around outside. I said, oh. Did you, did you take the controllers back? Yes. What did Auntie Rowe want them for? He said, oh, she wanted to listen to some music. Oh. So did you play on them at all? No. Playing in Minecraft? No, he was playing around outside. I said, oh. And then this voice inside of me said, what is wrong with you, Dad? Right? And so you catch these moments where you go, that's not a healthy way of thinking. So now I have to do this whole thing where I've got to sit down with God and go, what am I thinking about myself, my relationship with Harrison, you know, who I am? That would, that would lead me down that whole path where I felt that he'd chosen to go off and does that make sense? But what happens for most of us and me most of the time is that we just have that moment and then go, oh, I got that wrong, and then carry on, but never stop and go, where did that whole thing come from, right? Why was I being such a nutter about it? And so fasting is a great way of, again, just resetting and God being able to just point at these little things and going, hey, you've been doing this for the last 15 years. Maybe, maybe have a look at why you do it that way. Almost done. Number four, fasting helps us hear and recognize God's leading uh, more accurately. This is really true. A great example here of Paul and Barnabas. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. So these guys are together, they're worshiping, they're fasting. And in that space, the Holy Spirit says, hey, here's what you're going to do next. Here's some leadership stuff for you. Here's some direction for you. So if you're in a space in your life where you're going, I could use some direction I could use some um, you know, uh, idea of where I'm supposed to go next, what I'm supposed to do next. Like, how do, I, how do I handle the situation? Fasting is a great way of just clearing out the pipes so that when God's speaking, you can hear him. And again, it's not that you fast and then God goes, 
now I will talk to you. Like he's always talking and it's just, we're not getting it. But when you fast, again, it's just stepping under that, that flow and all of a sudden you go, oh, I am picking up on this now. I'm hearing this now. It's, it's much louder. It's much clearer. All right. And then uh, number five, last one, fasting prepares us for what God has planned for us. And this is a really true principle. Jesus said this in Mark. He had the Pharisees come to and ask him about fasting. They said, how come all of our guys are fasting and your guys aren't fasting? which is a passage of scripture that a lot of people like to use to justify just not fasting. The only problem with it is it's literally the only place in the Bible where you could maybe take that angle and the weight of scripture is overwhelmingly the other way. And even if you look at how Jesus answers, it doesn't even say, hey, it's not about fasting. He says, hey, I'm hanging out with these guys right now, so now's not the time to fast. But eventually I'm gonna go up and hang out with my dad in heaven and then they'll fast. So it's not that fasting's wrong, it's just, you know, timing. And so timing does matter with fasting. But he says this in response. He says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. They pour new wine into new wineskins. And I've shared this here before, but, you know, in the old days, like Gladiator and stuff, the wine was in animal skins and gourds. And what would happen is they'd make the wine, they'd pour it into the animal skins, the wine would age and with the aging process would come an expansion of gases. And if they put that into a, a, an animal skin that had already been stretched, it couldn't handle the stretch and it would burst and all the wine would pop out. So he says, look, when you're putting new wine into animal skins, you put new wine into new skins so that when it expands, the skin can kind of stretch with it. So what is he saying here in reference to fasting? He's saying, hey, with regards to fasting, God has got plans for your life He's got purposes for your life. He wants to reveal them to you, but he can't pour it into a skin that isn't malleable, that can't be stretched. Because if he does, it'll just get wasted. You won't be able to handle the revelation. You won't be able to handle what God's saying. You won't know how to action it. You won't be you know, maybe in the right place, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it might be. And so if he does it that way, you'll pop. It'll ruin you. It'll ruin the revelation. No one benefits from it. So what fasting does is it puts us in this place where we become a little bit more malleable, a little bit more stretchable. We're able to handle, you know, what God has for us. And uh, a great story along these lines, and I'll finish with this. Uh, Andre Powell, who now pastors out at Cornerstone, he was the associate pastor here a number of years ago. And so I messaged him because I'd heard the story. And I said, hey, can I share the story on Sunday? He said, yeah, go for it. And so he was, he was here and he was feeling a little bit like, okay, What's the next step, God? Like, where, what are you calling us to do? Uh, you know, in this space where I need direction, I need to kind of understand what the next step is. I kind of feel a bit stuck, like our season is, what do we do here, God? And, and God said to him really clearly, he said, I want you to fast for the question. And Andre said, no, I have the question. The question is, what am I doing? Where do I go? What's the next step? What is your plan? A question is not the problem, God. I need the answer. You mean fast for the answer. God said, no, I want you to fast for the question. So he said, okay. So he started fasting. Fasted a day, two days, three days, a whole week, nothing. Eight days, nine days, 10 days, nothing. Two weeks. And he's not doing a Netflix fast. He's not eating anything. He's just drinking water. He's lost a lot of weight. Right, you guys would remember. Guess like day 14, the pastor here at the time is married to Gillian. She's a doctor. She's saying, dude, you, this is getting dangerous now. Like you've lost some, and he's not a big guy to start with. Like I could fast two weeks. You guys wouldn't even notice. 
but he, he was shrinking right down. Looked like a POW. And he gets to like, I think, I think he said he got to like day 16. And he was just about to stop because his health was starting to really be impacted by it. So again, you think, oh, I don't know if I can do a day or two. This guy did 16 days. And just before he finishes, the phone rings. And it's the pastor from, from this church, so his pastor. He says, Andre, and he didn't know about the whole, I'm fasting for the question. He said, Andre, I have a question for you. Are you ready for the question? And Andre goes, yes. He says, this is the question. And Andre said, he used that phrase about five times in the phone call. My question to you is, Andre, the question I'm asking, here is the question, just answer. And the question was, would you consider going and pastoring another church out in Rolleston? And that was the question that Andre was waiting for. And because he'd done that two weeks of fasting, he was ready for it. He had also, you know, gone through a lot of stuff with God. And then God released the question to him and away they went. They've gone out to Cornerstone. They're doing a fantastic job out there. Great church. You know, a lot of people loving it. Great space out in Rolleston. But this is what I'm talking about, right? Fasting prepares us for what God has planned for us. And I wonder sometimes if we just sell ourselves short. Again, it's not God. It's us going, ah, too, too much a price to pay. You know, we come to church, we sing songs. Jesus, my everything. You're my everything. Ah, you want me to not eat wheat picks? Nah, wheat picks are more important. Right? It's, it gets a bit ridiculous when you stop and think about it, the stuff that we say to God and then how we actually show God that we're serious about it. So what I want you to do, we're going to finish now. I want you to just break into groups, three or four people, give you five, ten minutes, we're going to finish up, and just throw that around. How do you feel about that? You don't have to agree. You could be sitting there going, no, I heard a teaching by another guy, and he said we don't have to do any fasting, so I'm not going to do it. That is also fine. You guys work it out for yourself. We're all grown-ups, right? So we'll whack some music on, Nathan. That'll be awesome. And yeah, just how do you, what are you going to do? How does it sit with you? Make sense? Just, just discuss it. Let it bed in. Otherwise, what will happen is we'll go home for lunch, and you'll forget about what was said. So break into groups and just throw some ideas around. Debrief with each other. <laughs>